Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and uh, welcome to the September 2006 quiz. You had all months of September to get 10 answers correct. So let's see how you did. So the first case, you can see from the choices that we're looking at a pancreatic mass, and there are a number of different characteristics. Obviously, acid or cell is one of the most uncommon lesions, which when you see it, it's large and cystic over in the pancreatic head. But let's look at this lesion. And what you see in these two images is in the region of the body-tail junction, there is approximately 1.5 centimeter hypervascular lesion. If you see a hypervascular lesion of the pancreas, I think of two things. The first is an islet cell tumor. And in this patient who is hypoglycemic, the answer of insulinoma is easy. I also consider metastasis. If you had a renal cell cancer that was removed 10 years ago, it's one of the causes of metastatic disease to pancreas that's hypervascular. Occasionally, melanoma will also be hypervascular and metastasizes to the pancreas, but the best answer typically is an islet cell tumor when you see a vascular mass, and in this case, that was the answer. It was an insulinoma, okay? Next case. Now we're looking at a kidney example, and the question is, what are we specifically looking at? When you look at this case, you see that in the left kidney, it's enlarged at about uh, 3 o'clock. There's patchy, low-density enhancement, and that's very classic. You can think about an infarct, but they're usually better uh, defined. Also, the whole kidney is not enlarged typically, and that's not one of your choices. Could this be a tumor? I guess you could think of an infiltrating process, but this is very much classic for acute pyelonephritis. Remember, we often define that acute pyelonephritis is best seen in the excretory phase imaging, but this is an example where on the early cortical medullary phase imaging, it's also well-defined. Okay, very good. Next case, the most likely diagnosis in this case of an incidental adrenal lesion, and again, without looking, most incidental lesions are adenomas, but what do we have in this case? Well, here we have a mass in the 2 centimeter range, and it's hypervascular. When you think adrenal and you think hypervascular masses, you better be thinking pheochromocytoma. Most pheos present with symptoms, but occasionally, as in this case, this was an incidental pheochromocytoma. They do occur. What about this patient? Here's an interesting set of choices, and let's look at this left upper quadrant mass. You can see it's fairly well defined it's near the pancreas but it's not from the pancreas It's near the vessels but it's not from the vessels it's low density but a bit higher than water it's fairly lobulated not causing a whole lot of displacement and the choice is really uh, stay away from a tumor like a liposarcoma it's not high density for a hematoma and this is a lymphangioma. Lymphangiomas are often low density at or near water density. They can be small or they can be large in this case. As in this example, they're often mistaken for pancreatic tumors. Next case, what's the best ex answer to this one? And this is a much more difficult case. And you can see there's four choices. And the question is, which is the best answer? Well, in this case, you see a mass and at first thought, you think the mass arises from the pancreas. But actually, when you look at all the images, it's near the pancreas. Now, I've seen a number of neuroendocrine tumors which arise off the pancreas and simulate an extra pancreatic mass. This is now one of those cases. I've also seen just tumors look like this, and that's not one of these cases as well. And I've seen neurogenic tumors in this region. And in fact, I thought about a neurogenic tumor. Well, this was in large nodes, but what was unusual in this case, this nodal mass 
which has some minimal enhancement, was actually a benign lesion. It was due to Castleman's disease. So the answer is D, Castleman's disease. Great, terrific case. Okay, next example. I asked you what the least likely diagnosis is. And when you look at this case, you see a pleural based mass. It's slightly vascular. It's causing rib destruction and chest wall invasion. And so when you look at it, the first three choices I gave you are metastatic or primary tumors. And whatever you're going to think, this is a neoplastic process. It's invading chest wall. So the only answer that would be the least likely would be a benign lesion, in this case a fibroma. You do get pleural fibromas, but they're smooth. They don't invade chest wall. They typically don't enhance. As for the answer, what do you think this is? Well, this was a mesothelioma. Remember how we speak about mesotheliomas not uh, involving the patient's uh, pleura in terms of going through the chest wall, that it's primary in the pleura but doesn't typically invade? Well, that's not always the case. So, good example. Next patient, what about this case? Some really interesting choices here. And when you look at the images, what you see is the abnormalities around the left ureter. There's a lot of stranding, and this is a very classic sign of perirenal cobwebs. Perirenal cobwebs are a description of a finding you see in chronic renal vein thrombosis. In this case, you could have considered a process at or near the ureter or a process involving the gonadal vein. It's not retroperitoneal fibrosis. That's more central and causes obstruction. It looks infiltrating, but I've never seen leukemia with an appearance like this. And this is a very classic appearance for chronic renal vein thrombosis. If you look carefully, you may also see a small thrombus in the renal vein. Often the renal vein is a bit smaller. Next case, this is uh, one of the findings we picked up incidentally in this patient. And I gave you a number of choices, but this is a very easy case because what you're looking at is a calcified lesion that's arising from the vessel, classic renal artery aneurysm. You can see the aneurysm is patent. It has rim-like calcification. Again, it's not uncommon for us to find incidental renal artery aneurysms. I've seen them overlooked, particularly when they're not calcified, and at times I've seen them confused with renal masses. So you better be careful. What about this case? Beautiful example of a lesion arising off the distal femur. You also notice the distal femur is widened, Erlenmeyer flask appearance. And this is just a beautiful case of multiple hereditary exostoses. Again, you worry about these becoming osteochondromas. You also can see there are a few lesions arising off the proximal tibia. That's how we're able to make the diagnosis of not a single osteochondroma, but multiple exostoses or osteochondromas. And in this case, it's multiple hereditary exostosis. A wonderful case. Now, this next one is kind of an interesting case. 27-year-old male, what's the diagnosis? And what you see here at first is you consider maybe this is a mass of the pancreas. It's cystic, but what could it be a pancreatic mass? But when you look hard and you looked at all the images, it was really peripancreatic. Could it be a pseudocyst? There was no history of pancreatitis. And that's not one of the choices anyway. When you look at the choices, I'm making you think about nodes. And again, we've seen TB, we've seen MAI, we've seen lymphoma once treated with nodes. 
The one you have to think about in a 27-year-old when you see retroperitoneal nodes or periodic nodes and the nodes are low density, you gotta be thinking testicular cancer. More common in seminoma, but you gotta think of testicular cancer and that's the right answer. So that's 10 terrific cases. Hopefully you got them all right. Hopefully you won the CD. And if you didn't do that, hopefully you learned something from this talk. And with that, see you next month.